Hey everyone, this week we've got a couple uh, Last Jedi spoilers. So if you would not, if you would prefer to not hear uh, any spoilers about The Last Jedi, then I would suggest skipping into about seven and a half minutes into the episode uh, and enjoy the uh, theme song as usual. I uh, hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the show. Alright, hey guys, uh, I am officially back, and I survived, Yay. yeah, I survived finals, uh, and I am, uh, I'm back, and I'm glad to be here, I want to give a big, big thanks to, uh, both, uh, Parker Nelson and Steven Lastman for coming on and, and, uh, kind of helping out, and, uh, help, and helping Carl, and, uh, the, the biggest thanks of all I want to give to, uh, to my boy Carl Roberts for uh, picking up the ball when I uh, so so enthusiastically dropped it. <laughs> so hey, thanks, you bud. know, it, it, socialism is about mutual aid. You know. There you go. That is exactly exactly right. And speaking of, uh, so we both went and saw you know a couple countries apart and uh, over the pond, as they say. Uh, we both went and saw The Last Jedi over the weekend, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that we're both fully anarcho-Jedi Luke Skywalker masters now, because <laughs> um, the Force does not belong to the Jedi, I don't believe, in theocratic priesthood orders ruling the galaxy, and basically uh, the Taliban, number one. <laughs> Let's be honest about that. I mean, you know, we don't even have to make that joke too too much tongue in cheek, considering Anakin literally murdered like all the children who like were being taught how to be Jedi, which is like a classic, classic move of like religious extremists. Like, oh, uh, we got to destroy the order from the beginning which means everybody <laughs> yeah I, I mean there's a bunch of reasons about that but but i want to say the most important thing that movie sucked <laughs> that movie was terrible okay if you like that movie it is because you just mainline like the black tar heroin equivalent of nostalgia okay it's bad movie bad movie everybody bad movie jedi and luke skywalker cool movie bad yeah i just i i've been very angry online about this. yeah you all don't follow me on twitter which is probably good for your health yeah um yeah i mean that i mean it's the it sucks because everyone loves the nostalgia and like i do too like i i i'm not gonna miss a star wars movie i'm always gonna go drag myself to those things because i enjoy them and they're fun but like I go, I go for two reasons and two reasons alone. I, I love John Williams scores. I can't. I want to hear them. I want to hear them so bad. I love them. It's what I actually. It's what I study to, and I love listening to like really good cinemagraphic scores. I mean, there's like that. Like I don't know when people talk about like classical music and like good orchestral sound. Like the current like group of men who are doing and like unfortunately is kind of a boys club but like the group of men who are doing a lot of the movie soundtracks right now with orchestral sounds i mean it is just amazing i absolutely love it i think it's way 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 better than mozart or bach or any of that garbage 
And, like, I love that. And the other one is, it's just visually stunning. I'd been waiting on that red and white planet battle for so freaking long, and it did everything I wanted it to do. I don't care about Kylo Ren's little hissy fits, or whoever Hux and Haldo, blah, blah, blah. When she shot that chip through hyperspace and suicide bombed them, which also... Okay, that was brilliant. Vague allusions to the Taliban aside... Should have been Admiral Akbar. Yeah. One. <laughs> it was really cool, but also important to note. Um, why was there sound? It was so cool, totally silent. That makes sense. And then there's a shit ton of sound about it blowing up. And it's like y'all space, right? It's space because there's nothing for sound to propagate in. Okay, this would have been so cool if it also, also. Okay, that that scene with the red and white, super cool. But it just looked like they just stole something from Tarsum Singh's The Fall, and we're trying to make an art movie, except it's fucking blockbusters. No, why are you doing that? It's so idiotic. And also, why is the scene happening again? You literally have them go from, this is our last chance, it's all over, blah, 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 to this is our last chance, it's all over. That's literally the exact Like, there needed to be someone who read that script and was like, y'all can't just do the exact same, this is our last chance story, literally back to back. That is not just bad writing. That is like, like this is like bad for the expanded universe of exclusive fan fiction. Right. Yeah. This is like bad on like a deviant art account. Yeah. Storytelling. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's a bad movie. Bad yeah. movie. And that nostalgia shit. Okay. Frederick Jameson has written some really good stuff about how late capitalism functions culturally by generating nostalgia for people that aren't nostalgic for it. Okay. None of us were born in. The, None of us were alive when the original movies came out, okay? This, this is part of the cultural hegemony of Capital. This crappy movie comes out. Yeah, but I'm not going to miss I'm it. Saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, I, it was pretty. I, I went mean, it was pretty. and got my popcorn, and I paid my $13.5 for a Dixie cup full of Sprite, and uh, I had a blast. <laughs> Okay, I have to But I mean, probably the, you know, three beers I had before I went to the movie made, you know, everything <laughs> a little more, you know, fun for me, but... <laughs> I actually, I, I, I have very mixed feelings about the German cinema because I did get popcorn, right? Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't get, like, three pounds of butter on it, or, like, butter oh, substitute, that weird oil shit. I'm confused. They don't let you do that. That's... They don't have that. What? Well, then... What's Were you just point? eating corn What's on the, the cob, or...? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was confused and angry, but I did get to drink beer in the theater, so... Well, that's <laughs> a lot better tough... than the $35 I spent for uh, half a tablespoon of Dr. Pepper uh, syrup. So... <laughs> All right. And we got a smoke break in the movie. <laughs> what? what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a smoke break in the film. That that was culture. I, I will give culture two okay. out of three culture to oh, German cinema. Oh, okay. Well, this is, and they say we have liberty. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's a freer country. Okay, social oh, democracy. Is smoke breaks in your movies. <laughs> oh man. Many months has come and gone since I wandered from my home. In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page of life has turned Many a lesson I have learned Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong 
way down yonder in the Indian nation to ride my pony on the reservation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Now way down yonder in the Indian nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. I'm Adam Burnett. And I'm Carl Roberts. And this is Red Star over Oklahoma. We are a small political and news podcast broadcasting about left politics and left politics in Oklahoma. Uh, how you doing this week, Carl? I'm doing pretty good. Just got through some relatively hellish travel and uh, finally s- settled in for uh, Christmas. How about you, Adam? How'd, how'd uh, law school finals do? Uh, you know... So I, 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 I'll give you an example. Uh, the, the hard, I, I took the single hardest exam I've ever taken in my entire life uh, last week. And to give you an idea, <clears throat> it took me four hours. It was 25 multiple choice questions and a single essay question. That was it. it took me four hours. No, I almost it, died. Yeah, it's not good. I went through two whole packs of gum in that test. <laughs> Just chewing gum and throwing it. Oh, man. But, it's like well, trying to chew a hole through your jaw with gum. Like, well, yeah, well, we don't get obligatory uh, cigarette breaks in our exams, like apparently the German cinema, so... Okay, well, that's just fascist. You should write a letter to the editor. <laughs> I will. I will direct a letter to the editor. Uh, so this week, um, we're kind of coming out a little late. Um, normally we put, you know, episodes out on Monday. We're going to put this one out for a little later in the week for everybody traveling for Christmas. Um, and we're going to give you a little bit of aid this week. And we're going to give you a Christmas political, Christmas dinner political discussion guide. So that when, uh, you get to, uh, good old great aunt Livia's house, and uh, Great Uncle Mark sits you down and tries to explain to you how uh, Donnie T is right in the world. Um, we're just going to give you a couple little uh, little, little pointers, a couple of uh, little hints and tips uh, Carl and I have taken away from uh, many a uh, awkward Christmas dinner conversation. <laughs> just a, just a few, just a few family gatherings where people where my grandpa has been like, "Oh, Carl, I'd love to be a con." But Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and just so in the spirit of Christmas, I almost said in the spirit of Thanksgiving, in the spirit of Christmas, Christmas, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to read a uh, a uh, paragraph from uh, my fa- one of my favorite authors, Aldous Huxley's uh, book Ends and Means, and I think it will kind of help frame what we're about to talk about. But uh, he writes. About the ideal goal of human effort, there exists in our civilization, and for nearly 30 years, there has existed a very general agreement. From Isaiah to Karl Marx, the prophets have spoken with one voice. In the golden age to which they look forward, there will be liberty, peace, justice, and brotherly love. Nations shall no more lift sword against nation. The free development of each will lead to the free development of all. The world shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. With regard to the goal, I repeat, there is and for long has been a very general 
agreement. Not so with regard to the roads which lead to that goal. Here, unanimity and certainty give place to utter confusion, to the clash of contradictory opinions, dogmatically held and acted upon with the violence of fanaticism. And so I wanted to read that because I think it is really, really important to remember that the people you're sitting across that table from and the people you're sitting around having a beer with or, or, or you know, exchanging gifts with or anything, they're your family and they're people. And so don't shout or try and hurt people's feelings. I, I, I always work really hard to kind of keep a little tongue in cheek and to have the thicker skin. Because so often, um, what I try and do first with anyone I come across is I seek first to understand their point of view, and I seek second to validate their emotional response to an, the external stimuli. Because, I mean, unless you're, you know, Warren Buffett's grandkid, in which case, hey, you should donate to our show um, and you know, help us repropriate some of that money. But I mean, you're, pro you're, you, unless you're going to dinner with someone who's making $10 million a year, you're probably dealing with other proletariats. And we need to be conscious that even those bad and tainted and harmful views, if we make them fatal, if we say, oh, you have this view, you can never be a part of this conversation, or you can't, you're, you're just incorrect to the point of being so bad that you're irredeemable, we're alienating people. And like we've said over and over, as socialists, as leftists, we're about inclusivity. Everybody needs to be able to come to the table, and especially with your family, which forms the cornerstone, is the most basic cornerstone of communities, and that is what we're trying to build, strong, thoughtful communities. And I think it's also important, and that's why I included the, the uh, Huxley um, quote here, is because we all want peace in our time, and it's the roads to get there that we differ on. And I think it is important to recognize that so many times that, that we really all do want peace in our time. We really do want the same very general agreeable goal. And we're, the way we have to get there is by having difficult, hard conversations and by working to understand others' point of view and bring them into a fold and explain things to them. And I think that goes to um, our very first uh, dinner time topic, which is communism and socialism. Because I mean, it, it, the big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the big one. Um, because I mean, when, you know, when I say that, it's you know, the the, the seeking, the understanding, and the explanation is you know, you, you as students of history, which we have to be as political activists. Uh, we have to work so hard to be good students of history, but um, we have to also understand that since communism's inception, since socialism's inception, it has been diametrically opposed to the to U the U.S. system in a lot of ways. And I mean, up well, until the, the U.S. government has has taken very massive pains to make it seem like that's the case at a minimum. Yeah, right. Yeah. There, there's been. Widespread agreement in in the American ruling class that communism and socialism, and I mean to some extent, like rightfully so, uh, because we do want to take away their power they have over our lives, has been seen as like a massive threat 
and I mean, it, there's been a huge. Uh, in '89, Noam Chomsky said that essentially the world, the two richest, most powerful countries that have ever existed, spent the whole of the essentially the whole of the 20th century saying that socialism is like Stalinist Russia. Yeah, and that's important to talk about for us, um, because especially in the U.S., they're, they're not evil guys. Okay, <laughs> that's just what you have to say to these people in your family. You just have to be like, it's not really true. You know, let's have a serious talk about this. Let's well, try and, and get to rid just of not, that. yeah, to just not let the the word be so scary that it overshadows what it actually means. Because I mean, you know yes. that 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 everyone in this country has been indoctrinated to believe that communism and socialism are things are 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 inherently evil or they are the road and the path to autocracy uh is so often what i hear and i think that one of the best ways to combat that narrative is to say rather than looking at the political system in abstract and just saying oh socialism or communism creates autocracy um i think what you should do instead is actually examine the current politic. And we're going to get into some more critique of it, but I, I think that when people say that, you can just go, well, I mean, you know, there's plenty of terrible autocracies that call themselves capitalists. And, like, there's also, like, literally, like, monarchies and theocracies that call themselves capitalists. So, I mean, like, those are, you know, f much closer to autocracy than, like, a social democratic organization. Or uh, in, in that sense, and when you talk about that, I mean, there you yeah. can you can you can stress that dissonance. Well, I think also a lot of the times, you know, this is this is one hundred percent not something I'm saying, and I might I might actually throw a link up to this episode of uh, I think it was it was one of the one of the Diggs shows, the Jackman podcast. Mm -hmm. um, about post-communist Europe with a researcher and, and she, you know, she, she's an academic researcher and she put it very well when she said that like communism and socialism and whatever gets treated like the utter worst is worse than it ever was. You know, the Stalinist repression in the thirties is what it is fundamentally. Right. Mm -hmm. And capitalism gets a pass on basically like slavery is not part of capitalism oh imperialism isn't you know mm. uh pinochet's chile or the shah's iran you know china in the 1800s uh like the the genocide of native is written off as not capitalism right but then like socialism or communism never gets that standard and there was a there was even a book published um a really good book uh, called the late Victorian Holocaust. Um, that uh, oh God, what's that name? Uh, an Indian guy who's really smart. Can't think. Shit. Um, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, I'll post the link to the Wikipedia page of the book. And and this guy's a Nobel Prize winner. And he was like, you know, if we take the metric based on the research in this book, right? This uh, uh British Marxist, um talks about Indians dying in, uh, yeah, it's called uh, Late Victorian Holocaust, El Nino Famines in the Mega Third World by Mike Davis, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, the, the uh, late 1800s. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a good piece of history. Uh, and uh, Amartya Sen, um, who is a Nobel Prize winner in economics. Um, <laughs> well, uh, like, excuse me, really excuse you. <laughs> Sen is a globalist, all right? Sorry, I'm, I, 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 I turn into, like, bad libertarian cousin. That's going to be the character I play this entire podcast. <laughs> uh, is bad libertarian cousin because um, Sen always makes people's heads spin because it's like, Asian, but globalist, not Jew. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, and I mean, important to do, I think. Um, but this is a Nobel Prize winning economist. And he's like, yeah, this is like 100% good. He doesn't like that the author is like a full-on communist. Um, mm-hmm. um, but... You know, is is Nobel Prize economist being like, yeah, like capitalism killed millions upon millions of brown people, right? And, and that's before we talk about the the, you know, the stuff that happened in China throughout the 1800s, um, s- slavery, what happened to Native Americans, blah blah blah, right? And yeah. if you look at the good parts of, of of, you know, the less repressive histories, and even to some extent, some of the more repressive parts right and mm-hmm. i'm gonna draw on two personal life examples that i have and then and then bring that in with some actual hardcore data right if you look at yugoslavia which was not repressive like anywhere in the eastern Bloc, you know it was not in the warsaw pact it was third world part of the non-aligned movement one of the founding members still a socialist country right freed itself from fascism via the communist party and the partisans and you know I, I talked to a bunch of people. I know a ton of people that grew up in it, that lived through the revolution that ended Yugoslavia. And everybody is like, yeah, it's really nice that we have political freedoms now, but also I'm worried about homelessness. I'm worried about having a job. I'm, I'm worried about these things that growing up, my parents literally never worried about, that yeah. my grandparents did not worry about. That, And now I have to worry about making sure that my kids get food. And that was literally not a concern I had. And, and like the fucking... I'm, I'm here in Slovenia for Christmas, right? And Slovenia was, I mean, sure, Slovenia was the richest part of Yugoslavia, but just driving from where Masha lives, a small rural village, into the big city uh, that we're nearby, you see all these little socialist bus stops, right? Because it used to be that you didn't have to own a car if you lived in rural Slovenia, and you could still get around like you had a car. Yeah. Like, think about that for a second. If you lived in fucking, like, where, where you're from, Adam, if you lived in Disney, Oklahoma, and you didn't have to... And you had the option to not own a car because the state subsidized that, right? Mm. That's, that, that's mind-blowing, you know? And then if you think about one of the, much, one of the most repressive governments, uh, the, the East German government in the Eastern Bloc, right? Um, there, I, I live there now, where that used to be. And basically, I've heard plenty of activists that were involved in getting the wall run down because the city I live in, Leipzig, is where the protest that got that started happened, right, mm-hmm. is where that movement began. And everyone that is involved in it, and almost everyone that grew up in the city and lives there is like, yeah, 100%, no matter how shitty it was being scared about the Stasi coming in and throwing you in the gulag, on a day-to-day basis, life was arguably better for us, you know? Yeah. For women, it was better than, than post-reunification Germany. And... and this great guy, uh, this great scholar, uh, what's his name? 
uh, Branko Milanovic uh, published this article in 25 years after the Berlin Wall came down, right? Called For Whom the Wall Fell, a balance sheet of the transition to capitalism mm-hmm. about Eastern Bloc countries and, and Yugoslavia making the switch uh, from, you know, the, the state socialism of the 20th century into today's world. And, and he does, he just does the fucking math, right? He, he does not make value judgments. He doesn't talk anything like that. He's just like, just let's look at income. Let's look at per capita. GDP, look at all this shit. And in 2014, the math he came up with was that it will take, at, at a minimum, two generations from 2014 onward of people before Russia gets back to being as rich as it was in 1989. And that if you look across the entirety of Mr. You know, Gorbachev and Yugoslavia, take my jelly beans <clears throat> and tear down that wall. I can't. Yeah, I, I mean, it literally. It, it was a loss for everybody. And he does the math, and he says that for one out of ten citizens of the Eastern Bloc, Yugoslavia, and Albania, life has gotten better since the wall came down. That means for nine out of ten people, life has gotten worse yeah. since the wall came down. They, they haven't gotten what they're supposed to get. It, it is been demonstra- they have been demonstrably poorer than they were before. And that's just talking about, you know, the shittiest kind of socialism like that we're not even necessarily big fans of right yeah no i'm not and like let me yeah i was i was was about to mention that as well like i think that like in this uh in that critique you know i i i think we get so lost in between the dissidence between or the dissonance between um the political echelon of uh, Russia and the U.S.'s Cold War, which had bad portions, but, like, the U.S. was just as involved in, like, keeping that going and, like, pumping up arms race. I mean, like, I mean, we we both know all the, you know, statistics and everything, but, I mean, the reason the Cold War ended is because Russia was putting so much GDP into um, making military equipment that they, like, weren't able to use, and the only reason the U.S., didn't have that collapse is because one they collapsed first and two that we were very actively blowing up all of our stuff like i i i've heard in, i mean i'm not even going to quote any well, of the things i've heard but the, i mean the, the amount the dollar amounts of military equipment that we threw in the bay, the bay of saigon <laughs> is is ridiculous yeah. and i mean that's a major reason why it, I mean, we didn't collapse is because we were able to, I mean, essentially have large-scale, massive war efforts that were both, that were producing and using stuff while consolidating money in the hands of very small amount of people. And we also cheated at the Cold War because Nazi Germany didn't destroy 90% of our industry right before the Cold War started. <laughs> we literally had nothing bad happen to us. Except for fucking Pearl Harbor, and if you want to complain about Pearl Harbor, like go talk to the three million Russian people that died in that war and shut the or fuck up. Or the twenty-three million uh, Russian citizens who died following, you know, the invasion of the Nazis. Yeah, and like, and like, then we won the war. Okay, like, fuck, and then we win the Cold War. Okay, fucking have like your fucking main on World of Warcraft at level fucking eighty or however that shit works. That no, no. Warcraft works against some fucking dweeb, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's level one. Of course, you're gonna win. <laughs> well, okay, but and, I mean, and, and and this is this is I, I, one thing I want to mm. I want to say. This is really important. 
I will defend Papa Stalin to all the fucking, uh, to all the capitalists in the world, but motherfuck him. I am not a Joseph Stalin guy, but that's, we don't even have to defend that. You know, Matt Brigg has a really great post out that I'll also probably include in the, in the, in the Reddit post for the show where he's like, we need to get the Nordic road to socialism. And there, there's a very real thing that in Norway, in Finland, in Sweden, in Denmark, in Iceland, to some extent, they're trying to build, like, like the social democratic state they have is trying to build socialism. And there's a Hungarian um, researcher whose name I forget off the top of my head, who says, you know, if you look at the 70s in Sweden and the 70s in Hungary, those two countries are way closer to each other than the 70s Sweden and the 70s USA were. And if you want to say 70s Sweden was some repressive police state or something, then you're not wrong. You just have your head so far up your ass at all. Your brain is addled by your own farts. Like, you're just stupid. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's something we can say, is we can be like, no, there's a form of, of a, a, and it's social democracy and it's capitalist and it needs to be better, but there's a, a, a way to socialism that clearly is that we can move towards that has literally none of these problems, too, yeah. before we even try to defend it. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, and I think that that is, I mean, you know, the principal thing, and I think that that lends itself to where we next want to go, which is, you know, we're already kind of discussing it, but uh, um, the 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 problem of police and government repression under communism. I mean, there's no doubt in the world, there's no doubt in either of our minds. You know what? The Stasi was bad. It's not good to have people who can, you know, political prisoners and political and and d- destroying the free marketplace of ideas by uh, curtailing speech is not good. But it's also not something that communists and socialists stand for. It's something that political groups also- in the past have stood for. But it's also something that's going on right now in the U.S., at a massively larger rate. Just look at just look at the, the fucking literally express expressly. Um, look at the G twenty protest. Right, six of them just got off. Thank God, all that shit. But you know, the government is going after political opponents right now, using the state to do that actively. I mean, look at uh, the NSA makes the Stasi look like Adam and Adam and I. You know creeping your Facebook and then saying, we know about your life. Like, yeah. And, and, and look at, you know, look at places like Greece or Portugal or Nepal or South Africa where socialist and communist parties are in government and, and it's, and it's democracy, right? Or, or look at the socialist and communist parties in real functioning democracies like Die Linke in Germany or, or the Jap- Japanese communist party, you know, like the, these kind of parties exist in, democracies and and, there's and, no and, and modern that democracies no that recognize free speech yeah and 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 there are parties that stand for it and overwhelmingly that's true i mean the die linke in germany even though it has a, a really complicated history having to do with east germany you know is one of the biggest people to complain about state repression because the german government is spying on them like the stasi yeah and well, they're and, and and they're like no we need free speech we need we need free speech for everybody because we're not going to be safe without it. yeah yeah and i mean i, I also <laughs> i mean as as someone who strives to listen learn and understand other people it's like i need free speech as a socialist and a communist i i need free speech so that we can be more inclusive i mean we say it over and over we are 
you know, the ideology of inclusiveness. And I, why shut out viewpoints? That doesn't work. I mean, it, it is shown over and over that it makes us dumber and weaker. And you know what? The other thing is, is that, you know what? The Republicans and the conservatives in power in the U.S., they're actively doing this anyway. I mean, if you don't think that, you know, the, to, to again play my uh, crazy libertarian cousin um, character, um, um, you know, if you don't think that um, these corporations aren't selling you lies, I mean, watch five minutes of television in the U.S. and see them trying to sell opium uh, on a commercial or antidepressants or any of those things because that's a lie and it is you know regurgitating this stuff and pushing it at you that says it's okay and it's all right and these corporations are allowed to do that and i mean that's as propaganda and i it is as false as any propaganda that you know the russians or the nazis put out at their very worst yeah and, and it, that's also, I mean, if we also talk, if we want to talk about police repression too, yeah. like literally there's a video, there have been so many videos of cops shooting citizens following the law and getting off scot free, you know, uh, I'll tell like, you, we and, reported on that yeah. in Oklahoma on cops shooting a deaf guy yeah. who they were yelling at uh, or, or that guy who got shot in Arizona, an open carry state for supposedly having a gun. While he was crawling on the ground with his hands behind his oh, back, God, that and the cop gets awful. off scot-free. Or did you see what that? You see what that cop's uh, rifle? Whose car breaks down. Did you see what that cop's rifle had etched on it? His personal rifle that he what? took to that uh, shooting. Yeah. It, get fucked. It said something like "You're fucked." No, yeah. it said "Get fucked." And and like, think are you about, kidding I mean, me? Oh my gosh! Police in the U.S exist for two purposes like they came into existence to hunt black people for wanting to not be slaves and escaping and to kill unionists that's literally where all our police come from and and i mean and, okay the so one that, time, it, yeah the one time or rather one of two times that the U mainland u.s has been bombed the first time was the tulsa race riot when white people bombed greenwood right and the second time was when the FBI bombed a left-wing group of black people in Philadelphia, the move bombing, for giving lunch to poor kids at school, right? Uh, I will, for, I for will, giving free lunch to poor kids, they burned down a neighborhood, and that was the government. In, 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 in not defensive move, <laughs> but in defense of everything. The move ordeal was a bit longer than that, and... A, a bit more complicated. I'm, I'm just saying. But but my problem with that, not even the bombing. Once that once that burned. The FBI bombed. No no no. But once US they citizens. once once they bombed them and the building started to burn, all the people went into the garage, including the children. There were two cops standing in the alleyway where they were coming. Where the uh, garage exited, according to the move members, they walked out with their hands up. And they immediately started firing on them, killing them as they were walking out of a burning building. And they all ran back into the building and, 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 and burned to death. Except for, I think, I think a, few, yeah. a few who were injured and then arrested who were outside the building. The cops said that they came out of the building and opened automatic weapon fire. 
Well, that's difficult without automatic weapons that were never discovered at the scene. So, well, yeah, and, and I mean, and, and I want to take the, this to just a... The FBI yeah. also, they assassinated Fred Hampton, the leader of the Black, the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party in the 60s, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like... Yeah, it, it's just over I mean, and over. you want over. to talk about government repression? Here we are. Well, think about the other thing. We, we did a story about how a guy who, um, you know, got a fucking ticket and couldn't pay it got sent to a work camp in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. A work camp. That's a gulag. The gulag literally didn't exist for the entirety of Soviet Union's history, and we've had them since the end of slavery for black people in the South, and we've expanded them. You know, they exist today. And that's yeah. just in the U.S. before we talk about, you know, the Shah's Iran, Pinochet's Chile, um, Afghanistan after uh, Soviet withdrawal in 88, or pre-revolutionary Cuba, or the entirety of Africa under, you know? Yeah. Capitalism is massive state repression, police repression. And, and, and I want to say this just before we go anywhere else. You know, who, who do you a- had to ask to go home for Christmas? Was it the U.S. government or was it your boss? You know, if, if you didn't get that approval from your boss, what happens to you if you go home for Christmas? You don't have money for food. You don't have money for rent anymore. Capitalism is the oppression you see every day. It is, if, you, if some fucking libertarian wants to talk to you about oppression and is like, ooh, the government, ask that douche who they needed expressing from to be able to be at home for Christmas. And, and I, think, I think an important part of that, too, is, is to say, who is that person beholden to? Because I hear that a lot, too. Oh, the government's going to overstretch your rights. Okay, well, then we have to you know, go through all these corporations and all these businesses and all these private individuals. Okay, well, those private individuals are beholden to no one except the almighty dollar. And you know what? You know who the government's beholden to? The people. Like, we can vote them out. I mean, it's a democracy. It's a flawed one, and we don't have very good voting structures. But, I mean, I would so much rather be beholden to my government than I was. And I want to take just a second to say, as someone who just finished a long semester of criminal law and criminal procedure, I am more scared of cops than I have ever been. The power they have in this country is disgusting. I mean, you just have... I mean. I don't want to go into a 13 and a half hour lecture series, but <laughs> there's no warrant requirement for, for searches, basically. I mean, there's a reasonableness requirement, but as we've seen, cops can do whatever they want and be named reasonable in their behavior. Because the Fourth Amendment says you're guarded against unreasonable searches and seizures. So rather than relying on the warrant requirement and saying, well, all searches need warrants, they rely on the reasonableness portion of that to say that all searches have to be reasonable reasonable to who and aren't all searches reasonable when you find you know contraband or or means of you know illegal you know illegalities and the thing about that is is that you have no safeguard the reason the warrant requirement exists is to safeguard you from a cop walking up to you patting you down and going oh look found a little bit of weed in your pocket. You go, no, you didn't. And they pull the weed out of their own pocket and go, oh, look, sure did. Uh, there's, there's, there's just no way to protect from that. 
there's no i i i honestly i it, it has distressed me over the last month um well, because the thing, there's no recourse say, it's important to say that there is a way to deal with that and it's something we've seen happen in the american body politic where we say no we need to extend rights you know black people aren't just suspicious because they're black you know, women do get to be equal to men in terms of voting and shit like that. There are ways for us to expand rights in the American political context. It's, it's mm-hmm. a fucked up system. It's definitely not the best. We're literally, that's literally one of the next things on, on this list of things, but we can change it. And what you said earlier, the only thing companies answer to is the mighty dollar. It's true. They, they don't care. They don't have a reason to care about any of that, unless it makes some money. And if, if it doesn't make the money, they're actively going to oppose it. And yeah. with the government, we can try to change it in a way that is not dependent on us having a bunch of money. Well, we can try and change it, but uh, <clears throat> moving on to our next point, and we can, while we can try and change, we both know that it's a, a bit of a flawed system. So this is our, our two parties portion of this. And so this is when uh, you go, oh, uh, oh, so you're a Democrat, Carl? Oh, you're you're a little Democrat now, and you have to say why? Why no, Great Aunt Livia? The two-party system is flawed and will always produce terrible results. And that, I mean, and, I mean, we, I think, I, I, Carl, you, you're in Germany, and so you get to be under a coalition government, and it just, man, it blows my mind day in and day out that we do not form coalition governments in this country. The fact that we have to rely on two parties is, uh, honestly, I mean, it, it, is, it is pushing our politics into the dark ages. I mean, I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, I, I certainly didn't vote for Donald Trump, but I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton either. And I wouldn't yeah, have. because you didn't have a real choice, you know? Yeah. 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 It's the same for me. And, and I, I think what's important to say about that is, is, is so often when somebody says, oh, I'm a socialist, people are like, oh, you're a Democrat. And what you have to say is, no, who's the only socialist in American politics right now? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, not a Democrat. Literally not a Democrat. Yeah. Um, that's just true. He's, he's an independent. And I think there's a lot to say about, oh, you know. I'm a big fan of working in, trying to work in the Democratic Party because it seems like a good idea. But I'm, I'm, I'm totally open to the, maybe we can't do that. Maybe we do need to found an American Labor Party or something like that, you know? But it just can't be the CPUSA yeah. because it's illegal. Oh, I'm no, sorry. The CPUSA is actually. <laughs> yeah. CPUSA is the party for that very small group of people that both like Stalin and the Clinton. <laughs> well, they just want it's, the. It's about five people. The Clintons to be Stalin. I, I, whenever, like, there, there are several laws in Oklahoma that are still on the books, mostly because they haven't been challenged, because no one has standing to challenge them, because no one gets prosecuted under them. But they're still on the books as laws, and the CPUSA being illegal, and it being illegal to fly red flags in revolt. <laughs> I mean, talk about curtailing speech. <laughs> You go, oh, yeah. well, we're there. You know, if you challenged them or if you were prosecuted under them, they'd be illegal. It was like, well, that doesn't stop the cops from, you know, coming to your house and tearing your flag down or burning all your CPUSA literature or shaking you down no, because doesn't. you're involved. Um, but, but I think that the big takeaway on this argument when, when you say, oh, yeah, I'm a socialist or something, you're like, oh, I like socialism or something. And someone says, oh, so you're just a Democrat, huh? You say, no, it's not true. Like, 
it's not sports ball, okay? This is not the Red River shootout. It, mm-hmm. It's not OU Texas. Good okay? versus evil. It's a lot more like the Big 12. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of different moving parts here that represent different things. And while we tend to act like there's only Democrats and Republicans, it's just it's not true. Yeah. Um, just not true. Because, and, and as the example, here's what you say. You say, I don't like Obamacare. I think Obamacare is shit. Obamacare is just a shill way for the fucking Democrats to funnel, funnel money into their donors that work for insurance companies. I don't want that. I want universal free health care for everybody. I don't want yet. You should pay your taxes, and that is what covers your health care. Mm-hmm. I hate Obamacare. Yeah. Say I don't like Obama because I don't like the summary execution of American citizens and the summary execution of brown Children. people all around the world with sky robots. Yeah. You know? Well, like, and I, like, say that kind of shit. Be yeah. like, no, I will gladly criticize Democrats with you. It's just Republican Democrats say things that are nice sometimes, and most of the times Republicans sound like the, the fucking servants of Cthulhu. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think, I think, my, and my two takeaways from this are, you know, mention, because it'll, it'll dissolve, because you'll sound like, and then you won't get very far because you need, you know, charts and maps to explain how coalition governments and how, um, you know, multi-party voting systems work, but, you know, focus on those and then also on the inclusivity. I mean, to say that, you know, oh, well, there are only two parties in the U.S. and they're diametrically opposed. It's like, that's just not, I mean, how many people in your life do you know that behave that way? None. None. Every person, we could, Carl and I could get the seven people who have the closest political views to ours in the state of Oklahoma in a room and we would all not agree on something. Easily, on many things, I'm sure. Yeah, and, I like and, coins. And Carl doesn't point, like coins. I do not like coins. Coins are... Uh, Let's not have this argument. The fetish character <laughs> of money. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and, and the other thing you can say, too, I think, is <clears throat> to just be like, look at American history. The, the, the Democratic Party started out as the Democratic Republican Party, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the Republican Party started out as the Whig Party. Then you had the Bull Moose Party. And, and you didn't have our two parties for over 100 years. Well, not over, but like what? Since uh, the 80s, 1780s. So about 80 years before you had the two parties that we have today be the two main parties in American politics. Just like, hey, if you know American history, you know that the two positions represented by these parties are not all that politics is. Because yeah. that's not always in our history. And that's all you have to say. It's just like, if you don't know that it's not that the two parties don't represent every political view, then you just don't know America. Yeah. You haven't opened a history book before. Well, on to the next subject, and that is, uh, like I said, still playing my little character. Uh, don't you know taxation is theft, little commie? <clears throat> okay, I, I like this one the best because the proper answer is actually the expropriation of the proletariat by capitalists makes taxation look like fucking pennies in a wishing well, you idiot piece of shit. And then you pee on them, because libertarians only deserve to be peed on, okay? People who make libertarian arguments are basically like, how can you be racist if you smoke weed, but then they're actively racist, right? You would be amazed how many taxationist <clears throat> theft t-shirts I see at my law school. Like, I'm not kidding. Oh like, God. I'm not at all. It's a lot. And... It, it, I think I think uh, I think one of the things is countries have higher taxes. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, and and you get 
less services because so many of your services are, I mean, the way municipalities and uh, states work is so often you contracting out to capitalist corporations who are bidding on, I, I think one of the great ones, and we don't do it as, as much, but we still do it all the time, is debt collectors for state organ, or, organ, state organizations is in that when, like, you know, like, let's say you run a bunch of tolls and you don't pay your toll tax, right? Like, I'm just trying to think of something. Or you don't pay a bunch of talking tickets or something. And they can't find you and they keep sending stuff out. And, it, you know, they don't want to put a warrant out for your arrest or anything else. So what they'll do is they'll sell that to a tax collection agency that then comes and gets you. And they are now, they, they are now how they make their profit is by extorting more money out of you. And I am saying extorting. Like, they won't break your legs, but they'll garnish your wages, which, in my opinion, is the exact same thing. It's a relationship of violence. Yeah, I mean, that's all it is, fundamentally. And, yeah, and I also, like, I think it goes to, we've said it a couple times already, but um, I get so frustrated when it's like, oh, well, we should just, you know you know, be allowed to do whatever we want with the money we have. It's like, okay, well, one, like, that ignores a lot of stuff, but, like, it, okay, so we're just going to let, you know, we can just sell drugs to whoever. We'll let, you know, the manufacturers of opium just dump it wherever they want. I mean, one, they do already, and they, they have faced no consequences for it, so they're not going to stop anytime soon. But, like, and then, uh, you know, we'll pay our teachers out of pocket, and we'll pay our medical bills out of pocket, and if anything bad ever happens to you one time, you're screwed forever. And, like, the, the argument on the other side of that is, like, oh, well, some people will get to take home a little more money. And, like, the other part of it is is that, like, when you have that situation, you, in, I mean, it basically incentivizes, especially when I think with medical care, it incentivizes higher costs. Because, you know, if you're only being able to pay, you know, if you need an MRI and the MRI machine costs three and a half million dollars and they only do, you know, five MRIs a day, it's like, that MRI is going to cost you $30,000. Or we could just have everyone pay a little bit of it so that everyone only has to pay for $5 worth of this MRI machine or, or 30 cents or half a penny of this MRI machine. And then everyone has access to it when they need it. Doesn't that make a lot more sense? Isn't that a lot easier rather than just extorting people who are sick or in need? It's almost like, you know, <laughs> a community coming together to regulate its resources and to make sure that they're done in a way that's helpful to, for everybody um, is better than what we have right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's almost like that's, that's just true. Um, and I think, I think the other thing to say, too, here is that fundamentally taxes are just one way to get there, you know? Taxes are not the only road to socialism, guys. Worker, workers' councils, you know, um, um, shit like that. You're just like, I would like higher taxes in a lot of ways because I think it's the best way right now using the state to do it. That's not the only thing I need. You know, if we have a revolutionary situation and we can just occupy the factories, you know, occupy the telecommunications centers and so on, and do it without taxes, I'm into that too. Just be like, no, if you want to make this about taxes, then you're too stupid to talk to me about this. Because it's not. Taxes aren't the only thing here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that brings us next to our next point, 
And this is, I, I, I kind of, whenever I was laying a lot of this stuff out, and I, I think that it, it ended up being uh, kind of nicely laid out this way, but it kind of feeds off each other. And because the next one is, you know, when you talk about taxes, you know, what what is gonna, everyone going to come around to say is, you know, the problem of income inequality. And whenever you talk about taxes, you go, well, the poor should just work harder. You want to give away my hard-earned money to lazy pieces of shit. If we don't allow people to rise up by their bootstraps, then no one will do anything. Innovation requires capitalism. I just want to say that every time I hear that, I like my eyes, like I, I look like I'm just channeling the dark, dark, dark forces of the underworld because my eyes just roll so far back in my head. They're not even white. They're just like it's the red backside of my eye. And you can see straight into my brain <laughs> because I, 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 literally, do you not know that we like see, like see all of human history prior to 1750? It's like you know the Romans had toilets, right? They weren't capitalists. <laughs> like, ah, uh-uh. you know, Hadrian built a wall in Britain without <laughs> capitalism, like. Yeah, it just it just dissolves the mind to think that there like that argument boils down to, well, capitalism makes things better. It's like, well, the Industrial Revolution coincided with a lot of political thought, mostly because people had more time to think politically and also because, you know, the other time people had a lot of time to think politically in like prehistory, they were focused on like agriculture and also like you know, not knowing what penicillin was. Well, and also, if they had that free time, like, say, in ancient Greek democracies, they had that free time because they owned slaves, and so they were mm-hmm. like, slavery's cool, guys. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of not true. Like, the internet was made for... Uh, a lot of the technological advances that we blame on capitalism, you know, and I'm in a class where we're on the 70s, I'm helping TA the class, actually. Um, I am the TA, I guess I'm not helping TA. Uh, um, on the 70s, and, and basically, they're like, yeah, so there was a ton of technological advancement in the 70s, right? That's when the company starts with transistors and shit, and it's all was just a side effect of the Cold War. Not a capitalism thing. Um, and then if you want to talk about the start of capitalism, it didn't happen because of capitalism. It happened because improvements in farming driven by the mass death of Europe under the Black Plague meant that suddenly, once population numbers got back to normal after the Black Plague, you could have people doing other kinds of work because farming was more efficient. Mm -hmm. And no one's going to say, oh yeah, our political system should be the Black Plague. Like, it's just a stupid argument. And on top of that, when we do talk about income inequality, the most important thing you can say Anybody who's like, oh, no, we, if we're going to make the world a better place, then we need uh, capitalism and people should get paid more if they do well to incentivize it. Well, it's just not real that that happens. Because the best way to tell where you end up in life is how much your parents make. Nothing else matters. Literally yeah. no other indicator is good at telling, telling you in America this is not true in more social democratic countries where, surprise, surprise, you can actually rise up if you're good because you're not crushed under the weight of, of fucking capitalism well, in and, the same way. But in, and, in, in America, 
Mm-hmm. Every other indicator doesn't mean anything. If you fail out of kindergarten and you're Donald Trump's kid, you will do well. Yep. And if you fucking get a PhD at Princeton in applied engineering or something, but your dad is is a a guy living in a shack in Elk City, you will not do well. It yeah. does not matter. None of that stuff matters as much as as how rich your parents were. Every single study on this shows it. Yeah. And that's that's all you have to say. It's just well, yeah. Well, I, I mean, sure, I mean, maybe that sounds good, but that's just not the reality. Yeah. And, and I. Well, one of the and one of the things that always stuck out to me about this is that like that idea of the American dream of pulling yourself from nothing to something, right? Okay, so let's let's uh, this is one of the things I love to do in an argument. Let's pretend that's true. Let's pretend that's a hundred percent true. All right? Are we saying we have to forego helping everyone to preserve this tiny little chance that somebody somewhere might? Do that. Like, okay, so we can't, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. But what we're trying to do is just keep these single islands as steep as they can be so that maybe someone can climb out of the water by themselves. Really? No, I, this is that, that's that's this the is, plan? This is, this is a great point you're making, Adam, because the point should be that, you know, maybe it is okay to fail sometimes. And maybe failure shouldn't mean starvation. Maybe failure shouldn't mean getting evicted. Maybe failure shouldn't mean that like your kids are screwed and your kids' kids are screwed. Maybe failure is something that that happens sometimes, and we should be forgiving and understanding and say that hey, sometimes you fail. Maybe things that aren't your fault shouldn't be like that. You know, if you get into a car wreck, that shouldn't mean that you, your grandkids are going to be making fifty thousand dollars less a year than they would have been if you hadn't been in that car wreck and couldn't go to work for three months, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I also think that a lot of times, especially the redder of us, who start talking about income redistribution, and I think that it, it is important in that instance to address false scarcity. In that, in to say that, like, you know, do you know how much shit is in Amazon warehouses that's been there for months and 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 months just waiting for someone to buy it when it could have been used the whole time? It's like, you want to talk about, like, I think one of the things, you know, we talk about, you know, workers' rights and respect for workers and labor relations so often. And, like, you know, we can do that by increasing the amount of shit people have in a day-to-day basis. If we feel bad that people don't have nice enough housing, we can put out-of-work people to work building nicer houses for them. If we don't, you know, this, this idea that, you know, scarcity is something that gives things value is just not true in this industrial age. I mean, we've talked about it over, and I mean, it's a hitting point for all of our arguments, but there are more houses than homeless. There are more iPhones than people. There are more... We have everything at our fingertips, and the only reason that it costs money is that we like to pretend it does. And you know what we could do instead? We could put the... Uh, out of work or the underworked to more work to create more labor and give us more stuff. It's like we're not champagne socialists, but I might be a iPhone socialist. <laughs> Although okay, I'm no, getting rid of my iPhone, I hate my iPhone. 
I, I, I am a champagne, so, champagne socialist. Thank you. I am totally into socialism and champagne. Uh, uh, that's all right, actually socialism I'll, 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 I'll slide we over there. Work See, five look, hours a week. Look, we can. And we spend the rest of it drinking champagne. We can. <laughs> we can amend our beliefs too. That's one of the other ones I, 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 I didn't, we didn't put in here necessarily, but I'll, I'll, I'll give that as a little uh, uh, caveat. I think one of the most mature things you can do, especially as an adult, having an adult conversation with other people, someone raises a good point, you can agree. Yeah, you, you don't can. have to. And I think you, that's one of those things too, where you can say, I, I think especially here when it comes to income inequalities, you can be like, yeah, I mean, I do think that people that do well, you know, that do better than other people in certain kinds of instances should be rewarded. But why does that reward have to mean you know, something monetary or something. You know, yeah. there are plenty of systems of reward that don't mean that someone goes hungry because someone else did well, you know? Like, that's, that's not even hard to conceive of. Like, uh, you get a trophy, you know? You, you get a, a, a more respected position in your society, be it a professorship, be it a, uh, an important journalist position, be it, you know, a, a community elder or something. Like, we have plenty of ways of recognizing success that aren't with... It don't mean that someone has to not have a home. <laughs> yeah. It's not even hard to think about. Well, and I think, you know, it, it, <clears throat> and, and, and in that, you know, dias, or, you know, in that dissonance again is, is, you know, when you're a middling executive who's working really hard and yeah, you do deserve, you know, some extra vacation days or a trip or maybe, you know, something you need like a new car or, you know, something expensive like a, you know, new washer or dryer or, you know, something of that nature, you know, something bigger than just a paycheck or something like that. You know, when you're talking about them getting that over someone not being able to eat or something, what we're not even addressing is that again, Jeff, Jeff Bezos has warehouses full of washers and dryers and full of cars and full of refrigerators and air conditioning units that he's just sitting on because if he sold them all, the value would drop. And that's it. Yeah, and so he has to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about seizing the means of production, the means have been seized. We want them back. We deserve them. Yeah. Well, I mean, we made you them. Know? The workers built them. Yeah. It Labor was... is entitled to everything it creates. Let's just put it the way it, it should be. Yeah. You're right. That's, yeah. There's no reason not to say it the right way, and yeah. That's just how it is? I mean, yeah. that's just how it is. But um, Carl, don't you know that in America, we're capitalists? Uh, oh, sorry guys, Carl died. That, that <laughs> is one of the things I hate the most. That is one of the things I utterly hate the most. Um, okay, I think this is the best example for us. Because this combines like socialism is American, it's not Oklahoman into one thing. Um, just say, hey, do you know the song "This Land Is Your Land"? Right? <laughs> just, just ask them if they know that song. Right? We're gonna get, we're gonna get Socratic up in here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ask them if they know that song. Ask, ask them if they know the full, the the full lyrics of the song. Because Woody Guthrie had two explicit socialist verses in that song. <laughs> and then be like. And then if they're like, what? And then be like, oh, by the way, Woody Guthrie was like an open communist for basically his whole life, if you didn't know that. And surrounded so I'm, I'm by other open communists. Right yeah, yeah. All he did was spend time with communists. Across <laughs> like, the country. Like, okay. <laughs> um, it, it, this is a big deal. 
or like or, or talk about Thomas Paine and be like, you know what Thomas Paine did? He went and fought with proto-socialists in the French Revolution. That guy who wrote, you know, all this important stuff, the American Revolution, like one of the key thinkers of the American Revolution, proto-socialist, you know. Um, what was that little pamphlet he wrote? Um, Thomas Paine? Common um, sense, yeah. Common yeah. sense was the one. You know, it'd be like, that guy? Oh, uh, God. Let's not talk about how the anti-federalists were actually right the whole time, because that's another... So much of, of <laughs> like legal analysis is predicated between like federalist and anti-federalist views still to this day. Um, and there's also like pragmatism and realism, and it's all gross and dumb. But like the anti-federalists were just like, guys, we don't have to have a federal government. We can make a unified currency and have exchange rates, and it'd be fine. It's all right. We don't need a White House. And like they were right the whole time. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson was just throwing stuff at the wall. Or, 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 Madison was just yeah. throwing stuff at the wall. God. Well, we need to consolidate power into a single uh, single man's hands. Because that'll work. Call him the president. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm still mad about everything. It's so mad about, about the Federalist Papers and all that kind of jazz. <laughs> I'm just, uh, just mad. I think I might just, I think, I, not, not the angry definition of mad, but, like, the, like, fun Mad Hatter definition of mad. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's a, mercury poisoning is, poisoning is good. Um, but, you know, let's, let's, I want to say, I want to say one last thing on this, mm-hmm. or two last things, right? About socialism is an American or is an Oklahoman. Like, ask them what the third biggest party was in Oklahoman history, right? Where did the Socialist Party get its highest percentage of the vote? Do you know that, Adam? I, I, I do know that, Carl. Is it, I mean, you're it's saying Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> it's the state of Oklahoma. And then... Brutiful. That Lincoln probably regularly read Mark in the New York Daily Tribune and probably knew who he was. And Marx and Lincoln were like... Marx was super into Abraham Lincoln. And Lincoln was probably like... Didn't oh, Marx send him like several the, letters? The biggest Republican newspaper was publishing Marx all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like let's let's just say what it is. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And then uh, yeah, and then also you can mention if you want to, you can mention the New Deal and be like, you know, the last time when we had something like the Great Depression, we said maybe the maybe we should have government. Maybe people should vote about how the economy works. And people did that, and it worked, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I want to grab this next one um, because this is one I, I deal with a lot and uh, have thought about quite a bit. Um, and that's so, that, yeah, I hear the critique that socialism is godless. Um, and yeah, you know, Carl and I individually are not, you know, very religious. but. I, I, I cannot stress enough again and again and again and again and again. You know what I give a shit about? Inclusivity. I want more people to be included. And you know what? When you don't touch other people, if, you know, as long as you're not Scientologists or the cult, the children of God, or I can name off a lot of other groups. But, I mean, when you're not hurting other people, 
Your religion's your business. The way you deal with your mortality is your business, and I will protect your right to have that. Now, I'm not going to sponsor you through the state, because it's your business. It's not my business. I shouldn't give... We shouldn't be handing out money to you or handing out labor to you. But if you want to dedicate your labor to that, you should be able to do that. And not only that, but guess what? All we, we talk about, we talked about this over and over too, is that, you know what? What socialism is about is a give, giving people more freedom and including more people in the system. And so people are more able to follow their beliefs and to have excess labor to turn into, you know, building a church or worshiping the way they choose to worship. And it is built, inclusivity is built on mutual respect for differing views. It, it always has been. I'm not a repressive person. I'm not going to tell you that you're not allowed to worship what you want to worship. I never am. And not only that, but, you know, it, it has been a struggle because I have certain issues with ideologies that become violent, and I already mentioned a few of them. But I think that, again, identifying those as, you know, identifying those, those overarching ideologies as violent doesn't do what actually analyzing the facts of the individuals does. Because when I talk about the cult, the children of God, I can actually walk down all the way and say, you know what? They aren't a Christian cult. They're a cult that abuses children. And they're a cult that uses sex slaves. And that's the problem I have. I don't have a problem that they're Christian. I have a problem that they use sex slaves. And when I talk about the Scientologists, I don't have to say, well, their belief is dumb because they believe in aliens. It's like, no. Do you know how much alien stuff I read? Not true. Like, my problem you, is, you is that they... You read a lot of alien stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm prepared, okay? I'm ready. Um, we're not going to talk about it here. <laughs> um, but, like, I... I it is about mutual respect, and it is about that is the basis of inclusivity. And you know what? I just all 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 I ask is that you don't hit me, don't touch me. You know, you don't as as long as you don't hit me, I don't care. You can believe whatever you want to believe, and not only that, but it is your right to believe whatever you want to believe, and whatever whatever way you justify your mortality and the way you make peace with yourself and the way you make peace with your world, I've had to do it on my own too. Carl's had to do it on his own too. And you know what? That is, is living and it is life. And I'm not going to strip that from you because I'm a socialist. Well, and, and, and I think I, I'm 100% with you, Adam, on that. And I think it's super important to know because it's true. You know? Mm-hmm. Hey, if, if if you want to say that kind of stuff, you know, if you want to be that, we don't care. Okay, that's okay. I, I love having debates with people about this kind of stuff. I love arguing about it, but it's it's a respectful thing. It's a friendship thing. Yeah. But even if even if you're not okay with that, even if you're still stuck on that, like like my grandpa literally said to me before, you know, it, there's a ton of, of religious stuff that you can get that is communist. You know, mm-hmm. look up liberation theology in the Catholic Church. Look up Anabaptism in, in the Protestant Church. Uh, just read the Acts of the Apostles. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or the, the, the Gospels where Jesus beat up bankers and imposed imperialism and said it was harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it was for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. You know? And, and I'm going to post a link to this article that, that you just have to send to anybody that says that to you to be like, 
Actually, you're wrong. If you're going to talk about Christianity and say, oh, socialism is not Christian. Uh, David Bentley Hart published this op-ed in the, in the New York Times called Are Christians Supposed to be Communists? And this is a biblical scholar and a Christian who, who, who worked, who just recently translated the Bible from the ancient Greek because the New Testament's written in ancient Greek, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he's basically like, you know, I thought this was going to be super easy. I thought this was going to be fine. And I was reading through it, and I was translating it, and it, it turns out that actually, um, yeah, it's really hard to not say that the early Christians and that Jesus weren't communists. In fact, it's, it's, it's biblically a lie. You know, yeah. and, and you see that in, in religions everywhere where they say we need to take care of the weak, the poor, the downtrodden, the oppressed. It's there in Islam. It's, it's there, it's, you know, in, in Buddhism. It's there in any kind of universalist religion, you know, and, and that's all you have to say. You have to be like, maybe that's not for me. And if it is for you, you can say it is for me. And that's why I am a socialist. And just if you look at Oklahoma history, Oklahoma socialists, plenty of them were Christians. You know, mm-hmm. look at Pope Francis, the head of the Catholic Church, who was actively anti-capitalist, you know? Yeah, that's all you need to say, is that it, there's plenty of space for, for God and socialism. Yeah. And it's, it's a lie that there, it, there isn't. And, 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 or just say what you just said, too. <laughs> just be like, fuck it. I don't care if you're religious or not. That's okay. It's not about that. Yeah. It's your business. I, I, I just, I, I think that it's okay to draw lines like that too, is to say that, you know, I don't have to, because I think one of the things that saying it that way and the reason I take that tact with it is because it puts the person arguing against you in a position to proselytize. And then you get to stand back and go, are you trying to convert me? Because then all of a sudden the emphasis is on them trying to change you. And sure, there's lots of people who will say, yes, I am, sweetheart. I want you to come to Christ. But I love you. But the way you need to do that is, is to continue to show respect in that you keep saying, look, I've made my peace. I'm happy. I'm, I'm content. I'm okay. I, I really am. I know what I'm doing. I've contemplated these things. And that is my business. And whether or not I am a Christian, that's still my business. I have beliefs. I have what could be considered religious beliefs and religious understandings. And they're mine. I'm not going to tell you guys about them on this show. Uh, I'm not going to talk to them about them with many other people. Because it's personal. It's my business. And it's, that's alright. You can be a private individual in that sense. And that's, because then it puts them in a position to be like, oh. So I have to, like, overstep my bounds to get to you. And I think that that is a good place to be, because then you can just stand back and be like, wow, you're just gonna... I don't know, I, I, I often find you can make an argument very, very well by making someone else break their own rules. And sometimes they don't care. Yeah. But some people will see what they're doing and be like, oh, wow, I am a hypocrite. Like, yeah, yeah, you freaking are. But anyway, I'm going to let you get this last topic on the table for us. And I think this is an important topic, but I also think it's a topic that we, you know, we, we don't really have, it's, it's not really our place to, to talk about that much, right? Mm. And I, I, I don't mean that, you know, that we don't have opinions on the subject or, or something, but, you know, our, our, 
or voice isn't what's really needed. Yeah. That, that's all I want to say about it. And, and it's the question, you know, oh, is socialism just for white people? Is, is you know, socialists, oh, maybe don't really care about race and so on. And I think it's really easy to say, yeah, we do. Um, we, we very clearly do. We think it's one of the most important things. Just look at the history of socialism in America. And what you see is that it's intimately tied into the history of fighting for black freedom, of fighting for women's rights. Of, of fighting for Native American rights too, a bit less so than fighting for black rights, sadly. Um, but, but so, you know, socialism is something for everybody. And I'm gonna put an article in the sub that I think is much better at explaining this than I will ever relevant uh, by uh, this great scholar, uh, Nivedita Majumdar, um, called the socialism Eurocentric. And the point you can say to anybody who wants to make that argument to you, you know, be it someone who says this is just for white people, this is, you know, this doesn't respect, you know, the way of life of Native Americans, or this is just for white people, what have socialists ever done for black people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As you can say, you know, it's just not historically accurate. And, and fundamentally, capitalism is a universalizing system. And so anywhere that there is capitalism, socialism is the way to get at it. Yep. And, if you want to say socialism is Eurocentric, you're erasing, <laughs> you know, you're probably someone who likes to think that representation of minorities, of women, of, of people of color is important. Something that we agree with on the show is important. And what you're actually doing is erasing it, it, the millions, if not billions, of, of people of color, of women, of, of colonized people, of indigenous people that have fought for socialism that are, and that have heard socialism as the rallying cry to fight capitalism uh, yeah. but but i i don't think i have a lot more to say on that because it's not really my space to do so so please go read that article if that's something that you're worried about coming across yeah because honestly it's one of the best articles i've ever read yeah. um well hey uh <clears throat> we've got some big 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 time news uh and i'm gonna let carl deliver it to you Yes, uh, that we do. Um, after the past two weeks, uh, we're really excited that both Parker Nelson and Stephen Lastman have agreed to be on the show a lot more regularly as fellow co-hosts. The two of us are still going to be the main ones doing it, but they're going to be coming on anytime they can. Uh, we're super excited about that. Uh, we hope you all are, too. We really enjoyed the time they're on the show with both of us together. I said in for Adam, and we think that's going to, you know, Make the show more fun for everybody. Make it more informational. I'm sure everybody's tired of the two of us by now. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're gonna mix it up. Yeah, and... uh, I'm 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 very excited. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to also say thanks to them again. Um, I want to say thank you to all you guys for listening this week. Have a, a very merry Christmas. Um, and just remember, like I said at the beginning, like we mentioned at the beginning, hey, you know, remember that this is your family and they're good people and go have fun and don't make it all about politics. Eat some turkey, eat some ham, have some gravy, have a piece of pumpkin pie, go hug your family and really love on them because they are the cornerstone of a community and it is so important. That's how we build and how we grow is by loving our families and by loving the people around us. Um, as always, every week, check us out, Facebook.com, RedStarOverOK. We've got a Twitter account, at RedStarOverOK, and Carl runs that. Um, the subreddit is RedStarOverOklahoma. Lots of cool stuff going up this week, uh, especially if you need to have your phone under the dinner table so that you can reference articles <laughs> when you're getting yelled at. 
Um, the SoundCloud, uh, Red Star Over Oklahoma, same with iTunes. Um, if you've got anything you'd like to talk to us about, uh, shoot us an email, redstaroverok at gmail.com. Um, we're always happy to hear from you. I absolutely love uh, getting to hear from uh, fans of the show. Uh, hey, I want to give a big shout out to Green Country DSA. Uh, I got to go to one of their meetings last night, and it was an absolute blast. Um, it's so great uh, to see people organizing in a constructive and thoughtful way, and it just warms my heart. Um, tell your friends, rate and review on iTunes, and like I say every week, guys, have a wonderful week. Oh, one last thing before I say bye. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma City DSA, hit us up, guys. Come on. Uh, we got some contacts for being cut to DSA. Where, where are y'all at? Uh, Yo. Oh, the 405 Socialist. Yeah. Uh, come on. Hey, I might, have, I, might, I might have a studio soon, so, you know, people want to come and sit in the studio. Stu, stu, studio. Sorry, I'm going to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, th- that's us for the week. And we'll be back uh, sometime after Christmas. Yeah, so. we, probably, we might take a little break, but we will be back sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, see you all soon. And uh, we're excited to see uh Parker Messi going to be on again. So. That was a land, a land of champions, a land called Yugoslavia.